Amen. Well, we're, we are. We're going to, uh, and, and Sunday morning, Christmas, let me just say that, we're going to be here, but that's because not everybody has whatever you may have. Just come if you want to. Come if you can. If you can't, we'll see you the next time. We're blessed. Y'all are so faithful and so astute. We, we never wonder, wonder where so-and-so is. There's always a good plan. We're always attending to business. And so, yay. If you would, turn in your Bible with me to the book of Mark chapter 10. You're not surprised that I want to talk about Behold the Dreamer. Behold the Dreamer cometh. That's what it says. Uh, let's, uh, I want to read to you a scripture that I didn't have you turn to. It's in 1 John 4. And I'm going to wait until you find Mark. Because I want you to listen to this scripture. Mark chapter, uh, that was chapter 10. Now listen to this scripture. Uh, where I got it was, you may have it. A long time ago, I gave out little stickers. So put that, I used to do it all the time. One, one of them was the main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing and stuff like that. Just put it in your Bible. And I also have stalwart, fierce, and resilient. But I put this in, in uh, that Bible, and here's what it says. It's 1 John 4, 4. It's in the Amplified, but it's personalized. So, so I'm, I'm going to just read it to you. You'll like it. I am of God. I belong to him and have already, already defeated and overcome the agents of the Antichrist because he who lives in me is greater and mightier than he who is in the world. Now, that's who you are. Hello, I'm Michael Billings. What's your name, sir? I am of God. <laughs> I belong to him. And have already defeated and overcome the agents of the Antichrist, because he who lives in me is greater and mightier than he that is in the world. Glad to meet you too. <laughs> Every situation demands that. We wouldn't necessarily say that, but that's be our perspective. That's our approach. That's our rationale. No matter what you bring me, no matter how terrible you think it is, no matter what you think you're reporting on that's going to be hard on me, you would be wrong because greater is he that is in me than he that is the world. I've already defeated it in him. I've already overcome in him. And so there's no news to report. I win. Hallelujah. I wrote down here this morning, first thing I, I tell you all what I write down sometimes, I, that uh, your life story is in the Bible. Well, I got a story that's not in the Bible. No, you don't. No, you don't. You, you, you just got some details that are different. It was John instead of Jim, or it was, it was Susan instead of Gloria, but your story's in the Bible. My story's in the Bible. And when we find our story, we find our way out. I want you to know that nothing has happened to you or is going to happen to you that hadn't already happened. And the Lord's already put an answer for whatever has happened or will happen. He's already put the answer in the word. So we just have to find the answer. Woe is me. I am undone. I, what I'm going through, no one's ever gone through. Oh, sure we have. Sure we have. In Mark chapter 10, it says in verse 29, talking about your story, my story, in some dimension, some degree, 
He said, Verily I say unto you, there is no man that hath left house or brethren or sisters. Have we got you yet? Have we found your story yet? Or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake and the gospels. But he shall receive. So here's the other end of the story. A hundredfold now in this time. Hundredfold there. The translation means optimum yield. If you got a corn cob, there's 800. So it's 800 fold for corn. Plant a corn seed. Sunflowers, it's more than that. But whatever it is, it's an optimum yield. But he shall receive a hundredfold now in this time. Say right now. Right now. Right now. It's not like some fine day the Lord's going to fish me out. Houses and brethren and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions. Did y'all notice a familiar experience right there? And in the world to come, eternal life. Uh, everything's just fine. Everything's turning out amazing. Everything's turning out amazing. Your story's already been written down. Matter of fact, there's some stories in here that you, that are scary. You, not only have they not happened to you or me, you don't even know who they've happened to. They're so scary. There's some graphic things in the Old Testament that are like, wow. And then the New Testament, people are getting stoned. Like, like to death. Like they gather around, they all have big rocks and they got good aim. They're all ex-pitchers for the, for the Jerusalem jockeys or whatever, you know, was going on then. And uh, tremendous stories that we, we don't even have to uh, undercover. Uh, we don't have to go through. So, so there's always a way to win. It's don't give up. Don't even think. It's time to give up. It's not time to give up. It's not time to quit. It's time to reload. We're just, we're just navigating. When something comes up here, we're going down the river and there's a rock over here. Well, what do we do? Oh my goodness, there's a rock in front of me. Just turn left. Just turn right. Just miss the rock and, and everything is fine. Turn with me, if you would, to the book of Genesis. I'm excited about this word that the Lord's given me. And uh, before, before uh, number 72, you will be excited too. We're on number five this morning, <laughs> but we will finish this year, I promise you, because it's just, uh, we're going slow, we're putting things in that need to be put in, not necessarily for this, but foundation things. We're building a road so that you can always travel full speed. God did this for a reason. God's trying to test you. God, God wants to, uh, just junk. Just junk. There's a devil. Jesus has already defeated him soundly. Told all of his friends, your boss has been whooped. He can't even get up. And so there's, we have no troubles. Some, and he's, uh, excuse me, Genesis chapter 37, an amazing story, verse 23. Let's just read a little bit. It came to pass. Uh, well, I'm assuming that we know verse 19. Behold, this dreamer cometh. So he had, he had dreamed two dreams. He told them to everybody. It was good news to him. Someone in the family is getting elevated. And when one goes up, we're going to all go up. He, his motive was right. If like if the Lord's going to put me in a good place, 
well, you're my brothers. I'll take you with me. But they didn't see it that way because that's not what was in their heart. They wouldn't have done it. So they didn't think anybody else could. And so he was uh, he got sent by his father to go find them and bring bring news of what they were doing with the flock. And and they said one to another, behold, this dreamer cometh. Come now, therefore, and let us slay him, cast him into some pit. And we will say some evil beast hath devoured him. In other words, we will lie and we shall see what becomes of his dreams. Oh, that sounds like envy. Now we're going to find out what what happens to his dreams. The little self-righteous twit. We just don't have to put up with his exaltation. He's not even the oldest. Matter of fact, we're all older than him except Benjamin and and uh, but Reuben came to the rescue and said, let's do it this way and do it that way. And they sold him off. Uh, I'm in verse 23 now. And it came to pass when Joseph was coming to his brother and they stripped him of, out of his coat, his coat of many colors that was on him. And they took him, cast him in a pit and the pit was empty. There was no water in it. And they sat down to eat bread and lifted up their eyes and looked. And behold, a company of Ishmaelites came from Gilead with their camels bearing spicery and balm and myrrh going to carry it down to Egypt. And Judah said unto his brethren, what profit is it? if We slay our brother and conceal his blood. Come and let us sell him to the Ishmaelites and let not our hand be upon him, for he is our brother and our flesh. And his brethren were content. And there passed by Midianites, merchantmen, and they drew and lifted up Joseph out of the pit and sold him to the Ishmaelites for 20 pieces of silver. And they brought Joseph into Egypt. That's the story. Let's, there's a lot that goes on there, but not so much that we can't go to chapter 39 and look in verse 20, please. So Joseph was taken to Egypt. He was parlayed into a wealthy man's household. And uh, the word said that Joseph was such a man of excellence. It says literally... Uh, I didn't write down the verse, but it says somewhere that uh, he knew not, he didn't even know what he had in his personal belongings because Joseph was in charge of everything. Someone said, do you, do you have, I want to buy 20 camels from you. He said, I don't know if I've got 20 camels or not. Go ask Joseph because he knows all my business. And so, uh, but his wife got cranky and tried to uh, frame him. And uh, he turned her down every time. What a man. Turned her down. Obviously, she had some prowess that would tempt other men or whatever. And, uh, but he would not. And he said, how can I do this evil thing against my Lord? How powerful is that? Didn't even say, I fear jail or I fear whatever. So Joseph Master, in verse 20, said, Joseph Master took him, put him into the prison, a place where the king's prisoners were, were bound, and he was there in the prison and the Lord was with Joseph. Isn't that good? Yes. <laughs> Whithersoever thou goest, he goest and showed him mercy. Oh, I'm, I'm all about that. Amen. We have Jesus. He's already showed us mercy. Yes. Mercy, Lord. Well, he's already sent it and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison and the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners that were in the prison and whatsoever they did there, he was the doer of it. Uh, wow. 
And he stayed there from, we don't know, 13 to 20 years is what scholars say. I wouldn't know uh, different than that. But it was a good, good little while. It was a good little while for his life. And the word said he acted like it was a job, like it was a stewardship, like he was working for his own father and taking care of his business just like there. But if you were Joseph after 13, 16, 20 years or less, you might say, where is God? I mean, 13 years is a long time. You know, you can raise a, you can raise a child in 20 years. So it's a long time. And lots of people have complained to God about a lot less time that they'd been forsaken. But he had the dream. He had the dream. And that's what, that's what we're doing right here. We're talking about things that transcend or that are greater or that dominate your circumstance. What's inside? What's inside? If there's nothing inside, then you're just uh, you're one of those pinballs that just goes from, from flipper to flipper, from bell to bell, and finally you go down the chute. But if you have a dream inside and you know some things, you know what you're supposed to do, you just you don't say this is the end. You just say this is a detour. This is a hesitation. We're going to reload while we're here held up. We're going to reload. We're going <laughs> to we're going to stockpile or whatever. You, you start taking action that's contrary to anybody that doesn't have a dream. So your dream will find you out when tr trouble comes, when tough times come and they do. Your dream, you'll, you'll measure it in your distress or the time of distress, of crisis. You'll measure your dream, whether it's in there or not, or whether it's got strength or not. We're measured by those times because not everything goes smooth. Sometimes our children go off and do things that we go like, I don't approve of that. I don't like that. That's, that's not what I put in you. What are you doing? I got it from my friend Joseph or Joey or, or, or Johnny or something. You know, you go, you sure did. You didn't get that from me. Or our money, our job, our, or our relationship. Everything is on the table all the time. We all have a lot of exposure. So it's hard to keep all the plates spinning without anything ever stopping and falling off. And so 13 to 20 years, he just stayed steady. So that measured his character. Pressure measures you in your character. Right. Not, you know, can I, can I get changed for a 20 or can I go to work for you? Just pressure measures how much of you there is. Pressure measures you. It doesn't cause your character to grow. The word causes your character to grow. Your word, what you see out of the word, or in this case, a dream that took the place, a dream, a dream or an image would be what you put together if the Lord told you, I will never leave you or forsake you. Then you, you develop a dream or an image of yourself being preserved. I'm in the secret place of the Most High, under the shadow of the wing all of the Almighty. What do you see when you hear those words? good. All is well. That's what we see. Did y'all see that when I said that? We see that. We see it ourselves under the shadow of the Almighty. I will save the Lord. He is my refuge and my fortress. How come you're saying that? Because he said he would hide me under the pavilion of his feathers, of his protection. So we see that. We, 
We take what we see and we advance it or we retreat. So if you had a cancer diagnosis and you didn't have, I will, I, by his stripes you were healed, you, the last word you heard is the doctor. And the doctor said, got your business in order? You got your stuff lined up? You said, you, is everybody close where you didn't say goodbye? That's what you're seeing. You're seeing inside. And what you see is what you'll say. Whatever you and I are seeing is what we're saying. And what we're saying is what we're creating. Our, our future is in my mouth. Death and life are in the power of my mouth. So who's controlling my mouth? Well, the image that's in my heart. Well, what's the image? It's whatever I allow into my heart. If you'll let, if you'll let a doctor talk dirty to you, he will. He's got an agenda. He has to protect himself. He has to give you the worst case scenario and all that sort of thing uh, right now. So, so they could say of Joseph right now, if they knew where he was, they, they could say, where is the dreamer now? Behold, the dreamer cometh. Well, they could say, okay, he cometh, but look at him. He's in the dungeon, been there a long time. We have not heard of him. We assumed he's a slave of some kind or he's dead in Egypt. And they would say, if someone says, isn't Joseph a ruler? Oh, no. No, we, we saw him go down in the pit. We, we picked him out. We sold him. And, uh, and matter of fact, he's, he's gone and we profited. We all split up 20 pieces of silver and we got it. So you could save your own life that we find ourselves in the Bible. I could be Joseph, but I could might have my story might be I tried to start a business. And and nobody liked my business. Nobody liked my idea or whatever you might have started. Uh, you might have a dream of a paid for house. But you're just stuck in a mortgage and just just blessed every month. In, in that case, we made the payment. Praise God. Let's go eat an ice cream because we made the payment. We're going to stay another month. But your dream is I paid for house. How's that going for you? You're, you could uh, you could dream on a spiritual tone to be a paymaster. That you have a dream of dealing with thousand dollar not bills, but $1,000 seed. Just like Debran told about R.G. Letourneau, he had that dream. And everything in his life bowed and bent to the dream. Even though, even though. What if you had a dream for uh, being healed? And every time you went back to the doctor, they said, wow, what bad thing are you doing? Because it's, it's not good. You ever had that said to you or somebody you know? You might dream of being in the ministry. Why wouldn't you? It's, it's God in you, Christ in you, the hope of glory. And people need what we have and there's nothing much more thrilling than helping folks. It's the best of life and the worst of life. People are the best of life and the worst of life. Did y'all know that? It's like, I, I don't want them people. I want something else. He said, that's all I got. I got people. Just, you know, it'll be your best life. It'll be your worst life, but uh, I'll be there. Uh, I wrote down, because I looked it up, 90% of all failures. That's, that's a big end of it, isn't it? Come from people who habitually make excuses. 
complainers. So 10% of all, of, of all successes, 10% of all endeavors are successful, obviously, and they come from people that are optimistic, that are praisers, that are thankful. I like that saying that we heard years ago, gratitude makes what you have enough. Isn't that powerful? It's a life changer. It's an adjuster. So uh, I read this and I wrote it down a long time ago. Almost everything we call great in our lives. Aren't you glad you're not hitching up the mule this morning and saying, Ma, you put a leg up and I'll push. Get you in the wagon and we'll go we'll go to church today. And while we'll we'll go by. Yeah. Uh, almost everything we call great was produced by someone who didn't feel good and that had a lot of opposition. I know that's true because that reflects my life. It reflects your life. So it's not like, well, who are those people? <laughs> Here we all are. So uh, Dr. Cole said this, and it's changed my life, like a lot of things he said. When I want to get mad at people and... They want to disappoint me, not on purpose. It's just they want to act the way they want to act. And I, I, I want everybody to do right. That's the main mantra in my life is just like, I don't, call, I don't want to call out sin or judge. I just want you to do right. If you'll do right, then we can all have right. But this, uh, this little saying was, uh, Dr. Cole said, he says, we minister for results, not for reaction. If you minister for reaction... You're going to quit pretty soon because you don't you won't get gratitude. You won't get thankfulness. You won't get appreciation if you get anything. And until they figure out what good thing you did for them, they might even be mad at you in the process. But if you wait and minister for results, then whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. So we don't mind sowing because we know where it's going to go. We know what the end of this we sow good. We're going to have good. But if we so good and they act ornery and they act terrible and, they, and they, they, they treat us bad even for what we did, we're going to quit. So we're going to wait and minister for results, not reaction. Isn't that good? Yes. It is. If, if, if you write it down like Barry said he did, it'll change your life if you didn't already know that. So we've all been in places of What's the best word? It's not despair, maybe discouragement, where whatever we were doing or something we were doing, it wasn't going according to plan. It wasn't, it wasn't like it should be. The time had taken way too much time. That's my deal. Hurry up. Uh, or, or, or people didn't cooperate. They were whatever. So Dr. Cole said, when you, when you really want to give up on, on your dream, one excuse is as good as another. You, you can tell me what, why you're giving up, but we know, I know, you know, you just gave up. And you just looked for something that you thought would fly to say, this is why I gave up. And anybody would give up if they were facing what I'm facing. And if they had to deal with what I'm dealing with, anybody would have given up. It's not me. It's just anybody would have when it's like... Oh, yeah, we know. We've been there before ourselves. Uh, you don't have to have a good excuse to quit. 
So, you know, let's just lay our cards on the table and just say, this is, this is what I'm playing with, but I got, I got another draw. And if I draw an ace, I'll take the whole pot home, so to speak. I just went to poker, if y'all didn't know where I was. <laughs> I got to get off of poker. Turn with me to Numbers chapter 13, please. Numbers, just go east just a hunk of pages. and So the temptation for you and me, we're just going to be honest. You don't have to nod. You don't have to say not me or anything. We know the Bible talks about all of us. And the temptation is to give up. We've all faced the temptation to give up. Could I have a better amen? Well, I want y'all to start teaching then. If you've never had the temptation to give up, you are Superman, Superwoman. But it just wouldn't be true because we've all had the temptation. Maybe not on life and maybe not on things that, that there, there's certainly there's areas that you've never given up. But there's often a reason, like a paycheck. We didn't quit because we, we looked two weeks ahead and said, if I quit today, two weeks, I, I have no check. So sometimes we, we would have given up, but we didn't. But Numbers chapter 13, the 12 spies are in the land of the giants over there in the promised land. And in verse uh, 32, it says, and they brought up an evil report. Well, excuse me, I got to go back to verse 30. Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and possess it. So they'd been in to see the giants, hadn't they? They'd been in and saw the walled cities, and Caleb said, we got this. We are well able to overcome it. But the men that went up with him said, we, we are not able to go up, for they are stronger than we. It's inexcusable work. They got better bows. They got, uh, yeah. And they brought up an evil report of the land which they had searched into the children of Israel, saying the land through which we have gone to search, it is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof. And all the people that we saw in it were men of great stature. And that is true. There was the, the Nephilim that were there. That were, that's where uh, Goliath came from. That family. In verse 33. And there we saw. Here, here's the deal. It says, I'm going to convince you. We shouldn't go. There we saw the giants, the son of Anak, which came come of the giants. And we were in our own sight as grasshoppers. Well, that's the temptation to give up. But then they started extrapolating. Like, if you don't believe that we were in their sight, in, that we were uh, in our own sight, grasshoppers, let me just tell you a windy. Let me just tell you something that I have no idea about. Uh, and so we were in their sight. Unless you had a conversation with one of the giants, they probably weren't having conversations with them. <laughs> How would they know that? The... Uh, the easy to read said, uh, the easy to read said, the land we saw is full of strong people. They're strong enough to easily defeat anyone who goes there. We saw the giant Nephilim people there. We felt like little grasshoppers. Yes, we were like grasshoppers to them. So when you want to give up, when the image inside is not able to sustain you, it doesn't really matter what excuse. It's actually, and we'll talk about this another time, but it's dishonesty. Dishonesty is not honest. Honest is the truth. When you're honest, you tell the truth, no matter who gets implicated, who gets fingered, whoever gets, you know. But honesty has repercussions. But dishonesty 
is when you lie against the truth. And here they lied against the truth. Now, how, how, how's God going to defend them or get them going if they're lying against the truth? Whatever the truth is. Over the years, you know, people make all sorts of excuses about church. And, you know, I, I have a friend that says, oh, we don't go to church because the music's too loud. Oh, you can't come in after the music or you can't wear earplugs or you can't sit at the back or you can't, you can't, you know. No, we just don't go to church because the music's too loud. Well, any excuse, any excuse will work. Right. You know, all they do is talk about money. I've heard that in the years past. Uh, well, we don't feel good. So we're going to the mall. <laughs> uh, it, it doesn't really matter, does it? But dishonesty, uh, like I said, we'll talk about it another time, costs us more than we can imagine of having a clear path into the blessings of God is because we're dishonest. So the only time this would work, we were in our own side grasshoppers and so we were in their side. They've already decided what they're going to believe. They've already decided, here's where we're going. What do you want to tell them the reason we're going there? But they already knew where they're going. We're not going back. But the two... Caleb and Joshua said, we need to go back. This is, we got this. God is with us. And as you know, they spent 40 years in the wilderness for their dishonesty. It was just their dishonesty. Uh, the Lord already knew all that stuff about how big they were in the walled cities. And he already knows yours and my situation. And so the only time anything is a temptation for us to quit is when we take our eyes off of the dream or the image of who's inside of us. We either don't know the image and we've not put it in or we are overwhelmed. We don't have a strong image and we are overwhelmed by a different image. They're going to kill us. They're going to eat us. They're going to destroy us. They're going to take our families. Let's stay in the wilderness because it won't be better here. Uh, if you have a dream, it has to be your dream. Say my dream. my dream. The image that's in you is so personal. It's so personal. It's so personal. No one can change it for you or defend you from it. If you want to fail, you can find a way to fail. And if you want to win, there is nothing that can keep you from winning. Not, not with this. Now, personally, you know, if, it, it, it might be that you can't sing. And so you're not... Your opera aspirations may be a little bit far-fetched, but if it's in this, you can't fail. So it's up to me. All failure and all success is up to me in him. He's, he's, there's a capacity in me to believe him. I can reach it. I can touch it. I can incorporate it. I can put it in my life. But it's all dependent on not what I think of one day. I believe I want to be this or that. It's what I keep feeding and putting into me called an image. And that's what Joseph had. And that's what these boys had had. Ten of them said, we've been out in the wilderness a long time. And we don't have anything but sticks. We just don't see how this is going to happen. Therefore, we choose to be defeated before we ever go to war. And it cost them everything. So what is it that's inside you and me that's going to win? It's what we see. That is your future. That is my future. The image I see of me, 
of me, the image you see of yours, of you, is personal. But that is the future. If you can, if you can be honest about what's inside of you, you can write it down and say, this is as far as I go. If I don't change the image and I don't go backwards, but I don't go forward, this is how it will work out. This is, this is my finances. This is my body. This is when I will die. You've heard people say that I won't live past what daddy lived. He died at 59 and I'll be died. I'll be gone. And sure enough, 30 days into their, their year, they're gone. You go, what's the cause of death? Well, yeah, he just quit. He just, he just dried up and died. Or, or maybe it is a reason, but it's always a reason. That's more powerful than you can imagine. The power of the, uh, the, uh, uh, the, what is it when they give you a sugar pill instead of a real pill? Placebo. It, our minds work that way. And if whatever you think will happen, as a man thinks in, thinks in his heart, so is he is absolutely true. And you go, well, then I'm, I'm, I'm all, is, all is despair. I just changed the image. That's what we're doing right now at this moment. Yes. We're changing the image. How be it gradual, how be it, but we're changing the image. If I get up here and say, God's mad at you and he's going to get you and you will not escape, that's a different image than what the word of God says to us. In Revelation 2.17, the Bible says, to him who overcomes, I'm just going to read it to you. To him who overcomes, I will give him a white stone and on the stone a new name written, which no one knows except who, him who receives it. So that tells us how personal God is with us. You're going to receive a stone, a diamond with your name on it, with a name on it, uh, a name written on it that only you will know. I don't know what all that means, and I'm not trying to get prophetic here, but I'm just saying the Lord's got your number, and he's proud of it, and he's got a plan for you and me that is amazing. We write books about people that are amazing. What made them amazing? They just did what we wanted to do and just didn't back off. R.G. Letourneau, wow. Live on 10%? Invent what all he's invented? If you, uh, if, you, uh, if you look up, you ought to look up sometime, who gets Nobel Peace Prize? Nobel, is that what they're called? Nobel Prizes? Are they peace? Or are they f they're for medicine and science and all that? It's still called the Peace Prize? Okay, so Nobel Prizes. We all know what we're talking about. You've got to be top shelf. You've got to be the head of the class in every way to get that. And the Jews have more... Nobel Prizes than any other class of people. The, the, the Arabs or the Palestinians or the whatever you call those that serve a Muslim faith, the only ones they have, they have two, one, and they're both conferred because of peace. Anwar Sadat was one of them, and there's one other one. And they just, it's not because they invented anything or saw anything or discovered anything. It's just said, you did, that's a good job you did in the peace realm. And the Jews have got all of them. You, these, these are a people of dreams. These are a people of image. These are a people that says we are God's people. Well, once you just designate yourself that I'm, I'm a Jew and the Nazis came after me and we've always suffered, but we are God's people. There's just something about that identity, that image that says I might not be much, but God likes me. I'm a Jew. I'm that, 
I'm his people. And it just, it just changes everything. God gave you his dream so that you would have days of heaven on earth. It's all going to be good in heaven, but right now, it could be bad or it could be good. And so he gave us those dreams. In Mark chapter 6, I can read it there for you. Mark chapter 6, verse 2. We're talking about your dream, my dream, our dream, the dream, the image inside of us. And we're going to change it, but we don't know how. We got some general things, but gosh, you may have been 20 years knowing that you needed to change your image. And it's still the same. It says in chapter 6, verse 2, and when the Sabbath day was come, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many hearing him were astonished, saying, from whence hath this man these things? And what wisdom is this which is given unto him that even such mighty works are wrought by his hands? Verse three is the one. Here's here's where you and I are. Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James and Joseph and Judah and Simon? And are not all his sisters here with us? And they were offended at him. And Jesus said, a prophet's not without honor, but his own country and among his own kid. So people are against your dream. Did we not read it in Joseph? He didn't do anything to them. Matter of fact, his idea, I think, was I'm gonna, if, if the Lord jacks me up and I get a good spot somewhere, I'm going to take all y'all with me. That's why I'm telling you this dream. So they were offended. People are offended at your dream. You may not know it, but I can tell you it's the cause of a lot of things that didn't work out in your life is because you had a dream. You had a confidence that Jesus is the healer. You had a confidence that everything's turning out amazing. You have a confidence there's plenty more where that came from. You have a confidence and people don't like that. They're glad and you're thinking, I'm telling them this so I can drag them along with me. But they're thinking that you're uh, goody two-shoes and self-righteous and all of that sort of stuff. The faith test, I'm going to get through this. The faith test is the image test. Your faith is exactly and precisely linked to the image of who's in you. You have the, the legal that says that you can lay hands on the sick and they will all recover. And you have the vital, I'm keeping, I'm keeping my hands to myself. The image that's inside of you is controlling all of your life. So guess what? We could change our whole life if we would change the image. If I could just change the image that says I'm going to be what the word says I can be, what I can be. My capacity is out there. He's told me the limits. He said, you're not going to go past exceeding abundantly above all you can ask or think as if anybody could. He said, that's your limit. Don't go past that. But go as close to it as you can. You have to have that in mind when you listen to the word, when you listen to a CD or a DVD or what, what in church, you have to have the word of I'm upgrading my image. Not information. Information goes into the head. But I'm upgrading the image, which is the greater one that's in me. I'm, I'm upgrading him. Bless God. My poor days are over. I've had my least day financially. Every day past this is a better day. And so shall it always be. And the power of God is in me. 
these hands, if I can just find somebody that'll just hold still for a second, I'll change their lives. That's a different image than, well, God wouldn't use little old me. It changes. So here's what I came up with. The closer my image is, the closer your image is to the truth, would we say the more powerful that we would be? That the truth is powerful. And if I can get my image to mirror the image of truth, then I will have more power in my life. So it's not enough to say, I believe that. Uh, we, we sang a song this morning. <laughs> I see the Lord seated on his throne, exalted. Now tell me if I get close to what you saw. When we sang that song, what did we see? How many people were on the throne? That was true. There is one. But how many people in Ephesians 2? I just thought of this. Ephesians 2 verse uh, 4. But God who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us even when we were dead in sins hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace are you saved. And hath raised us. Okay. Hath raised us. Where, Lord? Together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So I see the Lord. Okay. Well, you, you got you to have a cropping tool to just see the Lord. But that's what we sing. That's what we've always sung. That's what we've always said. There he is. There he is. In his glory, his train fills the temple. It's all true. It's all true. But if we would, what do you call that? Pan out or, you know, go out. We would see, we'd see Lisa up there. We'd see Melissa up there. We, we would see us up there. What doing? Oh, I'm so nervous that I'm with him. No, we said, bless God, we're getting business done today. I don't maybe have it just right. I don't know, but I know it's different than him alone up there. We're seated with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So we're not singing something that's not true, but certainly when we sing about nothing's impossible with God, that, that kind of puts it over on he's deciding or he's looking at every circumstance and saying, yeah, we can do that. We can do that. I'm not really in the mood today, but we'll put that on the docket and I'll get Gabriel to check that out. Versus, I'm going to assault the trouble, the problem, the challenge with the word of God in the name of Jesus and this is how it'll turn out. That's different. I mean, it's the same thing, but it's a different perspective and it's the right perspective. That I'm seated with him. Doing what? Well, I'm doing business. I'm on earth. The Lord Jesus is not on earth except in us. By Holy Ghost. So he's, he's not really transacting there. Is that right? He's not really transacting on his own. In other words, God's not in control. He said, whatever you bind on earth. 
If you speak to the mountain, say, be removed. It'll, it'll happen according to what you say, not, not what heaven say. Lord, I'm writing that down what you said so I can say it. No, he says, whatever you say, it's the mountain you want to move. It's the, it's the trouble you want to, to, to bind or to loose. I'll back you on it. And you go, well, that's not much difference. It's two images. It's two distinct images. It's got the same verbiage, except there's a little difference in there about who's, he shall have whatsoever he saith. That's different than the Lord's in control. And you go, but they're so close. What difference does it make? It make it's disarmed the church. It has disarmed the church. God's in control. No need in messing with anything. Just sit here and wait and see what he decides. It's, it's, it's emasculated the church. We, we're completely without power as long as we believe that. The argument against that is that the word says to pray, to change the nations through prayer. Oh, God's in control. I know I'm on this all the time, but it's the image that we're attacking now. The image that says I'm waiting on God to see what he decides. When he says I'm waiting on you because I've already decided I've already decided you're the head and not the tail. You're above only and not beneath. I've already decided that all authority on, in heaven and earth has been given to the Lord Jesus. And he said, go therefore. He's, he's deputized us. He's deputized us. So, uh, you can't have, you can't, you can't be, you can't have, you can't do more than the image inside. You may have thought oh, it was they are having layoffs at the plant. You may have thought that uh, your engine just broke down and doggone. And you may have thought somebody's mad at you because they're all based on those those things being control of themselves. But when, in fact, whatever was inside, this this car probably won't go 100,000. It's junk. It's got it's got 85,000 on it. I got to get rid of it because everybody knows that 100,000, they just fall apart. Guess what? Guess what? You got junk. It looks good, but it's junk because you just appropriated. And people that, that uh, denigrate their job, I hate this job. My boss is a jerk. He's an idiot. He's a dummy. He never gives me anything. You, you got that image on it. Well, you, you, know what, you know the drill there. In Romans 12, 2, it says, be not conformed to this world. So there's got to be a change there. There's a temptation to be conformed. There's a pattern, a habit of life that says we're going to be like the world. We're just going to be we're just going to put a cross up at the front of the church and we're going to put long chairs in a building and sit down and we're going to get up and sing. And we're the church, but we're just like the world. We make our decisions like the world. We vote on stuff. We decide on. St no, he said, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed. It's a powerful, powerful thing to be transformed in the renewing of your mind or the renewing of your image. If you don't change that, there's nothing to be changed because it's going to go just like you say it is. And you're going to your saying is going to go just like what you see. You're reading the script that you see inside and it and the script comes to pass. So I'm the change in my life. Jesus has changed me to change my life. I'm born again, going to heaven, but this world is optional. 
Having power in the world is optional. Going to heaven, it doesn't matter. It doesn't really matter. I'm going to heaven. Are y'all going to heaven? Because yes. Jesus is Lord. But what happens here on the earth is like, daddy died at 59. I won't outlive him. It just wouldn't be right. He was a good man. I love daddy. I, daddy did good. And he only, the Lord only saw fit to give him 59, therefore. And it's what follows that that changes everything. Um, by the renewing of my image, of my dream, of, of uh, my, the picture of me inside. So I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get there. I really am. Well, let's, let's just go there. Second Corinthians and then we'll quit. I'm sorry, I'm a little ambivalent about this, but uh, I, I got to I got to get this right. I've never. I've never heard this taught. The word says that, you know, in Mark, it says, does not doubt in his heart, but believeth those things which he saith, which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. What things Doubt. Uh, what does that say? It just, I missed the first word. Mark 4, the next verse. Uh, I missed my place here. Just a moment. I'm going to get it though. Oh, it's Mark 11. Excuse me. Okay. What things soever ye desire. That's it. When ye, when ye pray, when ye pray, when ye pray. Whatsoever things ye desire when ye pray, believe ye receive them. So faith is past tense. Faith is past tense. Faith isn't coming. What I, what I need or I believe for isn't coming. It, I'm, I'm just reporting that I have a paid-for house. I'm, I'm telling you the past tense. I'm telling you, faith is history. Now, that, that'll change your life right there. If you'll always remember, when you open your mouth and say something, how to judge it, faith is history. I have a paid-for house. It's history. Not going to have one, not got the Lord's working it out, or we're waiting on the manifestation. That's junk mess. I have a paid for house. So if it's not history, it's not faith. It's hope. So what things soever you desire when you pray, believe you receive them and ye shall have them. The ye shall have them is irrelevant to I have them. So are you in 2 Corinthians chapter 9? We're, we're going to do it. We're going to do it this morning. Praise God. Going to do it. Look in verse 7. Every man according as he purposed in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity. Now read it with me. The last of that verse and all of eight. Ready, read. For God loveth a cheerful giver, and God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that ye always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. Okay, so what we're looking at here, the whole thing for all these weeks is to say, 
What did you what do you see if you're in a room by yourself and and you get a phone call that says, I want you to read Second Corinthians nine, seven and eight. And I and they hang up. So you open up your Bible and you read it. You're by yourself. What did you see when you read the verse? If there's any kind of discrepancy, any kind of of uh, of uh, break in the pattern where we didn't see what the word said. We know that we need renewing in our image. So when we say I gave, I was cheerful about it, too. And we were. So God is now able to make all grace abound toward me. Stop. All grace abound toward me. How much grace? All grace. Unlimited grace. Unmeasurable grace. All grace, all the grace he has, not holding back grace, not proportional or or meritous, but all heaven's grace, the full import of heaven and the will of God for me, his son, you, his daughter has been has been earmarked, has been apportioned to me, Michael Ray Billings, to you, Deborah Ann, to you. Michael Lynn, been portioned to me. And there is no schism or division. There is no shadow of turning. It's all been, so, so God's in. I said God's in. We don't let God be in, but he, if you read it, he said, I'm in. All grace. You say, well, he's just willing. I, if he's willing, God is able, excuse me. If God's able, he's willing. There is none of this. I'm still deciding. There is no decision making. What Barry said this morning was so powerful about turning and making a decision because the mind of God knew what that woman needed. But she couldn't access it. So he accessed it, even though it was totally irrelevant to anything in his life. He was her problem solver. And it was you go, that's no problem. It was for her. And I've sat there and looked at two bolts or two hoses or two whatever for a long time, two shovels, and said, which one, which one, which one? Oh, y'all look so holy this morning. Like, uh, what's that? And that ye having all sufficiency in all things. Now, wait, all sufficiency in all things. We all think somewhere back from that. We all have thought some sufficiency in some things. And it's kind of like bingo. B4 never came up. G7 never got called out. So we, we kind of have a skewed bingo card. That's not the way it is in heaven. Heaven's blackout. It's like everything. So we sit there and we think. I think. You think. He's able to make all grace abound to me. So he's willing to make all grace abound toward me. He's willing. He's willing right now. He's willing. He's totally in. He shut off 8 billion people right now. He said, can I help you? Customer service, can I help you? Well, I need, I need some help. He said, well, I have that come in one size. It's the size we have available today, sir, is that all grace is abounding towards you. Would you like that? Oh, yeah, that's better than I thought. What's your need? I need some sufficiency in all things. In, he said, well, we have that in one side. It's called all sufficiency. 
Would you like that, sir? Would you like all grace and would you like all sufficiency? Well, what size would you like that in? Well, I need it for every good work. I need to abound in every good work. But I know that's asking a lot, Lord, because it's just little old me. It's just little old me. You know, the guy that messed up last week or yesterday, this morning, 10 minutes ago. I, I'm fresh with sin. I confessed it, but I'm fresh with sin. He said, got you covered. It's as if you never sinned. I happen to have a, a package here where all grace is abounding towards you. And we have a package that's all sufficiency in all things. And this package has the capability of abounding everything you do to abounding to every work that you can come up with. Can I put you down for one? Oh, I never read that. Oh, yeah, it's in different languages that we don't understand. See, so what do you got to do? Now, listen, I'm going to tell you a secret. You got to go in, stay in that room for 30 minutes. And you got to do just what we talked about. You got to take every word apart. Curry says, read it slow. Read it all and read it slow. And we got to get it in there. What are we doing? It's not magic. It's not some yoga thing. It's not whatever. We're, we're, we're changing the image so that now it's not just him seated on the throne. It's that I'm seated with him in heavenly places. Another place that says if, if he freely gave Jesus to us, it's in Romans, why won't he freely give us all things? Oh, you could go to that verse and say all things freely. If he gave Jesus, which was the ultimate, wouldn't he throw in some floor mats on this car deal or, you know, give me a polished tailpipe or something? You know, if you're going to if you're going to give me this car, Lord, why couldn't we just he said, I got it already. It's already maxed out. Do you all get the point? It's up to me. Now, you're busy. People are busy just not being busy. So I have to stop when I have a situation or not, just I'm just working on my image and say, what do I see when I read this scripture? You have to be real honest. I don't have an expectation that he's going to completely take care of this. I have an expectation, wrongly, but nevertheless, of some struggle. Certainly some time involved. Certainly some things that are going to come up that I'm going to have to... <coughs> whoop up on the devil or ignore some people or, or whatever. But the end is guaranteed. If I will stay in, I will have it. If I don't have it, it's because I didn't stay in. I didn't renovate my mind, my image, my picture, my dream. I didn't, I didn't stay with it until... Like Joseph said, I saw my sheaf lording over the 11 of y'all and the star and the moon or whatever, the sun and the moon. That's exactly what happened, isn't it? And yet he was in the dungeon and accused and left in the pit and sold for a measly 20 pieces of silver. Even a slave went for 30 in Jesus's day. Wow. They got a deal. I am a dreamer of those things which are true in heaven and here. 
I am a dreamer of those things which are true in heaven and here. I am a dreamer of those things which are true in heaven and here. I am a dreamer. I am a dreamer. I am dreaming. I am not set. I'm not mold. I'm not like concrete that sets up. I am moving in my dream. I'm going from faith to faith, from glory to glory. I am renovating my mind. I am changing the image of me. I used to say that. I can't believe that. But now I'm on it. Are there other things that need to be changed? Yes, absolutely. So that's my main job. What's your main job? You've got to have something to speak to the mountain to. Because it's listening to what you say. It will do what you say, what I say. Well, what do I say? I say what I see. What do I see? Whatever I've been putting the image in, that's what I see. So I'm around, I don't get around. I don't let people that think small and talk small that have influence, I don't let them be around me. And I'm talking about some spiritual friends and some spiritual people that, that are got TV ministries and got 10,000 people in their church. Click. We're not listening to that. They have success, but it doesn't mean that, 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 uh, that I'll have success listening to them. So I'm listening to the word of God. I'm listening to people that say, God's got this. Now, if you'll get it like God's got it, you can have this. I am a dreamer of those things which are true in heaven and earth. I am a dreamer. I change my image. I'm turning. I'm transformed in the renewing of my mind, my image. I'm renewing my image so that I may be able to prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. The perfect will of God uh, 10 years ago wouldn't hack it right now with you and me. But that's the image we had and that's what had to work for that day. But now I'm changing it so that everyone you lay hands on every time gets healed. Well, what if they don't? The image inside says they will. Or that's not the image inside. I'm a rich man. We're all rich. The legal says you're rich. The vital says I'm throwing out poverty and lack and little and shortage and need. I'm throwing it out. Every time I hear it come out of my face, every time I dream, if we could just get one of those, we could afford. I, if I want it, it's mine. Well, is it working for you? Well, I'm working on me to have that in my life. Amen. Isn't Jesus wonderful? Well, we're working on it. So you've got to find scriptures that are outlandish. I did see it the other day in Ephesians 3.20. I'd never seen it before when it says... Exceeding abundantly above all you can ask or think, I never saw. It was talking about a seed. How many seeds are in an apple? You can count them. There's 23. How many apples are in a seed? Exceeding abundantly above what you could ask or think. So the Lord's got us over in the exponential realm. Well, we're not thinking one plus one. We're thinking a thousand to the thousandth power. 
or whatever. Isn't that good? Amen. Lord, we love you. We thank you for helping us. We so have needed help. We're so grateful for the new birth. We're so grateful to be children of the Most High, that we're in your family and that you're sharing, you're freely sharing all things with us. You're not holding anything back. You're for us. You're with us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we, I like what Lynn said the other day. He said, those that know their God shall be bold and do exploits. You know, the word exploits isn't even in the Bible. It's, it's, a, it's a contrived word. It just means something amazing. So, Lord, we are on it to be amazing for you. In the name of Jesus, you need us, and we are so desperate for you. So, Lord, we partner up, and we see the kingdom of heaven on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.